With Marcus Simeon's amazing game on Sunday, he said, hey, don't bury the Rangers just yet. Plus, we're talking about Evan Carter making an impact in his first few games in the big leagues. All that and more on this episode of Locked on Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Monday, September 11th. Your Rangers are 78 and 64, half a game out of that third wild card spot held by the stinking Seattle Mariners. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to listen every day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into this weekend's games. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Marcus Simeon went on an absolute tear on Sunday, a four-hit game, including a pair of home runs, including a leadoff home run, his eighth leadoff home run of the season, which is a new franchise record for the most in one season. The guy has just been on fire for his last seven games in the month of September. He has just been going absolutely ballistic. Those last seven games, he's got four home runs, a slash line of 433, 485, slugging 900 in the last seven games. The man has been absolutely unstoppable. Oh, by the way, he's got three walks or just two strikeouts because that's just what he does. He does not strike out very much, and he's walking a whole lot more this year as the Rangers' leadoff hitter. He has been one of the most valuable players in all of baseball, actually the most valuable position player, according to Baseball Reference's war number at 6.5. You know who's number two in the American League in Baseball Reference war, position player-wise? It's Corey Seager. It's 6.3. The Rangers might have a pair of seven war middle infielders. That's just absolutely insane. Absolutely bonkers that the Rangers have that. And oh, by the way, Corey Seager's only played 99 games so far this season. He's got 6.3 baseball reference war. Like, that's just it's just nuts how good these two are. I mean, Marcus Simeon. He always brings it down the stretch. His career numbers get much better as the months progress. We know he's not a very fast starter. Started much faster this year. Had a little bit of a dip in the middle, but right now he is heating up and he is carrying this team on his freaking back, on pace to play every single game, lead off every single game, which there's only been, I believe, around 10, maybe 12 players in MLB history to play every single game, all 162, and lead off all 162. He is actually not the only one on pace this year to do that. The other one is in the National League, the guy who's probably going to win NL MVP in Ronald Acuna Jr. Just a fun little stat there because Marcus Simeon is a guy who posts. He is a guy who you pay to play every day, be a leader defensively, offensively, come up with big hits, start rallies, continue rallies. I mean, Marcus Simeon just does it all for this team, and I feel like he is vastly, vastly underappreciated for how much he brings this squad. The Rangers even had back-to-back homers by Simeon and Seager. One by Simeon was absolutely masked, and the one by Seager was an absolute laser for his 30th bomb of the season. Oh, did I mention he's only played 99 games? 30 bombs in 99 games. Corey Seager is just absolutely insane. He's probably almost certainly going to set another career high in home runs while playing, what, 20, 40 fewer games than he did last year? Like, 
I'm just in awe of what Corey Seager is able to do. He played 150, 151 games last year and had 33 home runs. He's played 99 this year and has 30. Oh, by the way, he also has 36 doubles this year to 24 last year in 154 games. Like, the guy's just insane. Oh, also, by the way, he is the AL batting title leader by a pretty decent margin, uh, pretty much crushing it there. He His on-base has slipped below the 400 mark to a paltry 398. I think he'll get that back up and maybe end up being the the uh, batting title leader, the slugging leader, maybe even the OPS leader. We'll we'll see where it all ends up. I mean, Shohei Otani is currently not playing. I think I don't know if he's gone on the IL just yet, but I'm I'm not sure we're going to see much more of Shohei Otani this year. So those numbers aren't going to change. But Corey Seager's I think will change and keep going in the right direction because man, the top of this order is just absolutely insanely good, and they really helped the Rangers get an easy win, their first easy win in what feels like years even though it's only been since well the the middle of august but it has been the longest two and a half three and a half however long it's been since that reed detmers game that started the losing streak that sent this team into an absolute tailspin but this is one that the rangers needed badly i mean they needed every game this series they really probably needed to sweep and uh that friday loss was incredibly frustrating for a multitude of reasons not only of which that jordan montgomery no longer looks like the absolute stud that he was in the first three four starts with the rangers and he's kind of falling back down to earth in a very very unfortunate way in a very unfortunate time but i mean getting just an easy win that alone was just such a huge weight off the rangers shoulders it was a bad day for john gray couldn't get through three innings allowed four runs three of them were earned one of them the unearned run came off a weird hop that really just ate up josh smith in a bad way at third base but andrew heaney came in super clutch as did the rest of this bullpen six and a third scoreless innings by this bullpen i mean hat tip what a freaking day and the rest of this offense coming up in a big way doing what they needed to to take the stress off of the bullpen the rangers had lost the lead in the third inning they scored three in the bottom of the first think okay three nothing lead with john gray on the hill surely Surely this will be okay. Surely this will be fine. But no, the third inning just got completely out of control. Bruce Bochy took John Gray out of it before he could give up the lead. And then Andrew Heaney came in and that error scored the run that gave them the lead. But the Rangers came back two runs in the fifth, four runs in the sixth. That sixth inning just made me feel like, okay, this is this is that Rangers offense we knew earlier on in the season. I know they're down to all-stars at this moment. Hopefully, they are going to get both of them back by the postseason, make it to the postseason by the end of the season, hopefully at least for that four-game series against Seattle in Seattle to finish the year. John uh, Josh Young had a positive injury update. We'll talk about that in just a second, as well as the rest of this lineup doing work. I mean, it's not just the top two guys in this lineup. I mean, it's a lot of focus is on them for good reason because they are incredibly good, incredibly high paid, and incredibly worth that amount of money and more because they are just so fundamental to this Rainier success and keeping them in this race, which they most definitely still are. We're going to talk about all that and more in just a second. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you're going to have. If you want to get some tickets... To- 
to this upcoming Rangers series next week when they are facing off against Boston, who hopefully will be out of it, and they'll face off um, against Seattle as well. Those are going to be some crucial games, the final home games of this season. If you want to go get those tickets last minute, you don't have to plan months in advance. You can go to game time. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buying tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email. Download game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Shout out to the Adairs for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, we'll talk more about what the Rangers should do with the number five spot in the rotation. The Rangers take on the Blue Jays this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, I know you've all been screaming at me, Bryce, Bryce, Evan Carter made his debut. Why are you not talking about that? Well, because the game that he made his debut in was a loss and one that I wanted to just throw my head in the toilet and, and scream into the toilet bowl because it was just such an incredibly frustrating game. But congratulations to Evan Carter, who is a big leaguer now, has his first major league hit, has his first major league walk, first major league strikeout, first major league double playground into, and first major league RBI. Good job to the kid providing about what we expected of him. He's not going to be here to be the Rangers savior. He's hit ninth in the two games that he started. He didn't even start on Saturday, which kind of goes to show you, even though it was a bullpen game and a, a lefty, majority bullpen game for the A's it kind of shows he's not exactly the most ready in an ideal situation Evan Carter still probably wouldn't be up just yet but because of the Adoles Garcia injury I mean the Rangers needed him they needed him to step in and provide value in a big way and so far he has done that he's provided solid defense out there in right field and in left field he has provided very solid at bats going deep working deep counts pretty much every single time up which is about exactly what you expected from the rookie. That is the guy who is going to work counts all the time. He is going to get on base. He is going to be a nuisance. He is going to steal bags. He is going to be a pesky, pesky out and let the guys at the top of the order see some pitches, see a lot of pitches from the opposing starters. And that has provided some value. I mean, Marcus Simeon had the four hit day on Sunday and Corey Seager had his multi-hit game on Sunday as well, even at the top of the lineup on Saturday's game. What really impressed me about Saturday's game um, that the Rangers ended up winning is not only that they won a one-run game, but they won a game where Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon combined to go 0 for 8 with one strikeout. Like, that's nuts. This offense needs those guys in the biggest way, but the rest of the offense came through. They only scored three runs, but hey... They did what they needed to do. They got two and a third innings of scoreless ball from Nathan Eovaldi. He was up to 47 pitches, so we'll see if he gets to the 65, 70-ish mark this week against Toronto. I don't entirely know, but, I mean, the offense did enough. They have five hits and seven walks, just an insane amount of walks. I threw my hands up after losing on Friday night where you trot out a lineup with Austin Hedges, starting and Robbie Grossman hitting third, which I know it's against a lefty, but it's still Robbie Grossman hitting third. I still would have much rather have uh, Mitch Garver hitting third, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. Robbie Grossman went 0 for 1 with three walks in a strikeout. And the number four hole hitter, Robbie, or Mitch Garver, went 1 for 1 with two walks. So those two guys in the three and four holes combined for five of the Rangers' seven walks on the day. And 
Nathaniel Lowe drove in one of the runs. Leo Tavares drove in one of the runs. And a wild pitch drove in the final run that the Rangers needed that would get them the win. And this bullpen, did it, it did enough. It did enough to get them the win in a one-run game, which was huge. They had Will Smith come on for an inning and a third of scoreless ball. Of course, he had to have some base runners to work around because it couldn't be an unnervy game. Why Why would it be? And Aroldis Chapman comes in and walks a couple in his scoreless inning of work and gets his fifth save of the year. So good on him. Good on him for doing the job and not blowing a game to the freaking Oakland. I think I would have lost my freaking mind. I think I would have gone absolutely insane because at the same time, the Rangers were playing, both of my college football teams were playing and losing. Um, So thank you to the Rangers for saving my mental health just a little bit on Saturday night and not losing the series to the freaking A's while you're in the middle of a playoff chase. Very needed. And unfortunately, the Rangers go the whole year without sweeping the A's that are going to lose 110 plus games almost assuredly maybe even 120 depending on how these final ones uh finish out but i mean the rangers handed them their 100th loss of the season on actually no, it was a 90 99th loss of the season not quite to 100 losses just yet but i'm i'm sure they'll get there i'm i'm sure they will they can do it but again like i said in that saturday win it was the depth of this lineup that that was what made this team so incredibly dangerous in the first half of the season when they were just blowing everybody out and had these as I, I like to call it, the Sunday Scaries offense, where every Sunday they would just drop a dozen runs on pretty much everybody for the first, I don't know, two and a half months of the season. It's been a long time since the Rangers have done that. And on this Sunday, it kind of felt like that again because they were getting contributions from their lineup literally all the way through it. And including a guy who's moved up a little bit higher in the order now, it's Leody Tavares, who the last seven games, he's got a seven-game on-base streak. He is hitting 400 with an on-base of 444 and slugging 520 in that span, looking like the May Leody Tavares that had a 900-plus OPS um, in that month and the month of June where he seven home runs he hasn't hit a home run in his last 15 games and only one in his last 30 I'm sure that'll change because he is absolutely hitting the crap out of the baseball um, just really doing some damage getting on base doing damage the way he does of working these at bats not looking overwhelmed once he's down two strikes or up to two strikes in the count like that that is that is the Leo Tavares that the Rangers have seen the potential for and that the Rangers need to continue to see. And it's not just his last seven games. In the last 15 games, he's hitting 333 with a 379 on base percentage and slugging 426. That is that is more than acceptable for your center fielder who's providing you a lot of value defensively so far this season. He is a 1.8 baseball reference for a player. I'm sure that he'll finish at a two-war on the season. Hopefully he can get <clears throat> some home runs in Toronto against these starting pitchers because the Rangers need every single bit of their offense. And again, it wasn't just Leody. It wasn't just... Um, it wasn't just Garver. It wasn't just the top two. Nathaniel Lowe coming up clutch with clutch RBIs all weekend long. I mean, Nathaniel Lowe just comes up in big spots again and again and again. And the Rangers have needed every bit of this lineup. Hopefully, Heim can start to figure things out just a little bit more. An 0 for 4 day on Sunday and did not play on Saturday. And then in the Friday game, I believe he had another 0 for game with, with one walk. So 0 for 8 combined on the weekend with one walk and a pair of strikeouts. I mean, would really like to see Garver or, or Heim get just a little bit hot 
towards the end of this stretch. He's had some time off while he was injured to rest his legs. So I thought that down the stretch, he wouldn't be um, as exhausted and, and pushing a little bit. And we saw a little bit of a hot stretch there after that grand slam had a pretty decent series against the Mets and uh, was okay against that twin series, but just has kind of fallen off just a little bit as of late. Hopefully they can get him back a little bit hotter. The Rangers don't absolutely need him. They also got a big, a couple of big at bats from Josh Smith who worked a walk and had his first career triple that he absolutely got all of really like seeing him getting a little bit of run here and hitting the baseball hard, playing mostly decent defense. I know that error was uh, real rough on him on the Friday, Saturday, no Sunday game. But still, good to see everybody in this lineup contributing because, again, the Rangers need absolutely all of them. But they have made a few changes in their rotation for the series against Toronto. We're going to talk about why they did that and a positive injury update on Josh Young and Adoles Garcia. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now, with studs like Corey Seager, Marcus Simi, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Mookie Betts. I mean, pick more or less with these stats, stat categories. Stat categories for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big. Do you think that Marcus Simeon is going to have a big series, continue his hot September, and go off against his former team? He had a whole lot of home runs in Toronto win his one season there. Maybe he could hit some more while he is there this week. That would be hugely clutch for the Rangers. And if you do, go to Sleeper, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms and use for details. Shout out to the everyday for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. The Rangers take on the Blue Jays this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, before we get into the changes in this rotation, the Rangers did get some good news on Josh Young. He is going to see his hand specialist on Thursday in Arizona. He could be cleared to face live pitching this weekend. So if he meets with the surgeon hand specialist on Thursday and the hand specialist says, okay, you look good, then he will start to face live pitching. I don't know if that means he'll come back on Friday. I don't think that's what that means. Uh, The initial diagnosis was six weeks from the surgery, which would be right ahead of that series against the Seattle Mariners. So the 20th, exactly. So next Wednesday, not this coming Wednesday, but next Wednesday, that would be a game, uh, the day day game against the Boston Red Sox. That would be exactly six weeks after the surgery. He was saying that he wanted to beat that timeline a little bit. Not entirely sure if he's going to have a rehab stint or not. We've seen it mixed results with not having rehab stints. I mean, Corey Seager came back and looked absolutely amazing. Uh, Jonah Heim took him a little while. Maybe could have used a little bit of a rehab stint. Uh, Nathan Ivaldi, bit of a bit of a mixed bag. Not, maybe could have used a rehab stint as well. But I think I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what Josh Young feels like. What the Rangers feel like. We'll see who's still playing at that point. I think it'll just be Triple A. So it would have to be Round Rock where he, where he would go down and face some actual live pitching. And I think that might even be, I don't know if it'll be playoffs just yet for Round Rock, but it'll be just about that time. So um, we'll see. Rangers need every single bat that they can get. Having Josh Young plugged back into that lineup would be 
just hugely critical, hugely critical for this Rangers team that, again, needs all the help it can get down the stretch because this series is going to be huge against the Blue Jays. The Rangers have decided to shake up a little bit their rotation. Dane Dunning was taken out of the rotation the last time through. Now it seems like Andrew Heaney has been taken out of this rotation. He pitched very, very well on Sunday's game, and I was honestly a huge part of the Rangers coming through in that. Heaney went three and two-thirds innings, allowed four hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. Three and two-thirds innings after John Gray couldn't get through the third inning. That was ginormous for this team, allowed them to have the confidence to come back. They was pitching without a lead while this team was losing, kept this team in the game, kept the A's off the board, working around some base runners, striking a lot of guys out. Like That looked like peak Andrew Heaney, and he might be really important for this bullpen if he does stay out of this rotation. I'm not entirely sure if that will be the case. I think it might just be because Toronto is so incredibly right-handed that they wanted to throw the righty Dane Dunning out there on Monday's game. So I think that might be the right call. It's going to be Dane Dunning on Monday, Max Scherzer on Tuesday, Jordan Montgomery on Wednesday, and Nathan Uvalde on Thursday. We'll see. If John Gray is going to be the starter on Friday in that game, in that series against Cleveland, I think that's probably going to be the case. I don't think they're going to yeet him out of the starting rotation um, because of a couple of shaky starts in a row. I mean, that, that was a really rough one for John Gray. Like, there's there's no bones about it. Doing that against the A's and getting, being able to, un, unable to get through four innings, even three innings, let alone four, um, is not a great thing for the Rangers, but having Andrew Heaney come in there and save the day, save this bullpen from having to pitch too much, and the Rangers' offense giving the bullpen, the high-leverage guys in the bullpen a day off was also very, very nice for them. Get Brock Burke in there in a low-leverage, low-stress situation. Jose the Clerk in there in a relatively low low stress situation and Cody Bradford come in there for the final inning, get a scoreless perfect inning with one strikeout and save the rest of the guys from having to throw in this pen. That is a good sign for the Rangers. This starting rotation, which has been a strength, had become a weakness the last week or so. I mean, we saw a really rough start from Jordan Montgomery against the A's in, in the game that this Rangers team lost to the A's, which was just it felt absolutely unacceptable. Five and two-thirds innings, five runs, a pair of homers. Did have six strikeouts, but just kept getting hit by this freaking A's team. And the homers were were not to the most dangerous hitters. I mean, Estre Ruiz has had his fourth home run of the season in this one. Fourth home run. He's not a guy with a whole lot of power that you should be giving up a lot of home runs to. Shea Langliers, fine. He's a good catcher. He's got a lot of power. That'll happen. I mean, it was just incredibly frustrating, though, for the Rangers to not be able to get that one. It was a mostly a bullpen game. We got three innings out of the primary pitcher, Blackburn, and it was good to see the Rangers. I don't know if it was necessarily designated a bullpen game on Monday or on Sunday, but, I mean, Luis Medina didn't get through five innings, so I kind of count that as a bullpen game. They also were able to get to Adrian Martinez for four innings and a pair of homers. Um, just getting to the bullpen was huge for the Rangers because they only – settled for the five runs that they had. It would have been a 5-4 lead going down the stretch. The Rangers would have had to use some of the high-leverage relievers in that situation and had to win maybe two back-to-back one-run games, which I, I know it's the ace, but I don't know that this bullpen could be trusted to win back-to-back one-run games. But the starting rotation, the Rangers need big games this week. They need a big game from Dane Dunning. They need a big game from Max Scherzer to bounce back. We'll see how his arm is feeling. The Rangers are in the middle of a 13 games in 13 day stretch, and then they'll have one off day after that stretch, and then the final 10 games. 
which will decide the fate of the season with seven of those coming against the Seattle Mariners, three of them coming against the most hapless Angels, who I almost feel better about the Rangers facing off against the Angels than I do against the A's. The A's at least have some scrap and haven't been as utterly humiliated uh, with the hopes being dashed in the biggest way like the Angels have, especially if there's no Shohei Otani, then I'm, I'm really not that worried about that series. But they need Jordan Montgomery to bounce back in a big way. They need Nathan, need Nathan Eovaldi to pitch relatively deep. I mean, if he can get them four innings, maybe maybe five, that still feels like a lot because he only he didn't even throw 50 pitches in his last outing. And the the frustrating thing, the concerning thing is that he really just did not look like himself with walking a bunch of guys. I mean, two walks in two and a third innings against this A's team also scattered three hits as well in those two and a third scoreless innings. But Martin Perez came up clutch in that game as well. I mean, the bullpen, most it, it did its job. It did enough. It did give up the lead because Chris Stratton faced um, seven batters, I believe it was, and only two of them reach base but of course both of them scored because he gave up a home run because why not because that's what this freaking bullpen does is they blow leads and they give up home runs and stratton has been mostly consistent i mean he's been he has i think the lowest era among rangers relievers outside of now jose leclerc but uh he gives up way too many home runs especially with runners on base that has been the most frustrating thing about him he gave up that grand slam against minnesota in a game where the rangers were were doing their best i mean they were they should have won that game they should have won that game they should have won a lot of games during the stretch and he charged a whole lot more runs to jordan montgomery's line and makes made him look a whole lot worse but they they need every bit of the starting rotation to come back and look like they did in the month of august i mean even when this team was losing a lot of games even when they were losing in the back half of august the starting rotation was not the problem the rotation was was coming up big max scherzer was looking fantastic john gray was looking fantastic heaney uh, Dunning as well, and Montgomery. Most of those guys were looking really freaking good, but they have fallen back down to earth the last week, starting with that series against Houston, which, I mean, everyone just got battered and bruised by Houston. I mean, the Padres were able to whoop up on Houston on the Friday game, and then the Astros came back and said, nope, nope, we're actually fine, and just laid a beating, an absolutely brutal beating on Saturday and Sunday. It looks like the division might just be out of reach. I mean, the Astros are hitting their stride. In the best time for them, the worst time for the Rangers. Unfortunately, I wish the Rangers could have extended that skid and, you know, not gotten their butts whooped on Monday. I mean, if they had just held off the Astros in that Monday game, I don't think the beatings would have been as bad on Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe they would have ended up winning those games, but I mean, I I don't know. But still, this team is not out of it. This is going to be this is going to be a huge series. I mean, I feel like if they lose three out of four in the series, if the Rangers win. If the Rangers split this series, they will have the tiebreaker against the Blue Jays. The, ma- the starting pitching matchups for Toronto this week are going to be Chris Bassett on Monday, Hyunjin Ryu on Tuesday, uh, Yusei Kikuchi on Wednesday, and Kevin Gossman on Thursday. That is going to be a tough matchup for Nathan Eovaldi. The Rangers are going to need him to be at his best self. We'll see how many pitches he can throw for them, how many innings he can get them through. Gossman is one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Um, could win the Cy Young Award this year if it isn't stolen by Garrett Cole because he's a Yankee and Yankee voting fatigue or Yankee voting, whatever the opposite of voting fatigue is. I don't know. Um, but I mean, the Rangers are not quite out of it and 
they needed every bit of these last two wins, these close wins, these comeback wins. Those are things that the Rangers haven't done. If you're looking for optimism, those are things that Texas winning close games, coming back late, not being dead, having Marcus Simeon go four for four with a pair of home runs against his old team. He's facing off against another one of his old teams, and maybe he'll make them regret not extending the seven-year, $175 million offer that the Rangers did. Maybe even if they did, he would have still signed with Texas. I don't know. We will never know, but I'm hoping that that little bit of edge, that little bit of spite, and plus the just absolute necessity for this team to win every single game that it can. I mean, they need it wins in the worst of ways, the absolute worst of ways. I mean, they hadn't had back-to-back wins since the Mets series. And before that, it was the the series against the Angels. That was the last time this team had back-to-back wins. They are riding the winning streak. Hopefully they can continue that winning streak, take two out of three, honestly, just split the series against Toronto. Maybe no, no, go ahead and take three out of four. Then you will end up ahead of them, depending on what the Mariners do. The Rangers could end up being in the second wild card spot. I mean, the Mariners, the Mariners are three and seven in their last ten, just like the Rangers are. The Rain, the Mariners are free falling, and people aren't really paying attention to that because the Rangers have been in such an epic free fall. But hey, taking two out of three against the A's, it is still a major league team, no matter how bad it is. Taking two out of three is doing your job, but. You've got to buckle down, use that momentum of that big Sunday win, a happy plane ride to Canada, take that momentum and dish it out against these Blue Jays. The Rangers need to continue this, keep their hopes alive. They are not dead yet. Marcus Simeon said so. So I will respect Marcus Simeon and say, this team isn't dead yet. We'll see if they tie in Canada, but I'm hoping that that this series will be the momentum builder that will springboard them into making the playoffs, maybe even making a deep run. Who knows? Don't forget, until next time, don't forget to enjoy Texas Rangers baseball.